Hey, Northwest Arkansas, welcome back to another episode of your favorite friendly podcast, friendly neighborhood podcast. Hey, hey, swinging from building to building, giving you good interviews, local neighborhood. Hey, hey, NWA. We- web- webbing them up and putting them in your ear holes. Sure. <laughs> we got them. Captured some good interviews for you. Anyway. That started out very super heroic. Yeah. Um, welcome back to another episode. Uh, this week on the show, we have the Friends of Little Sugar Creek, uh, which include Ron, Greg, and Kevin. And so they they dive into introducing themselves. So I sure. Mean, yeah. So we uh, we got to sit down and talk with them about um, what might be the most politically divisive topic we've covered in all of our podcast history. So we sit down and talk to them actually about uh, a situation in Bella Vista with Little Sugar Creek um, and a dam. It seems to have failed the job and they've got two options. They can either remove it or replace it with something else. Um, And the Friends of Little Sugar Creek want to remove it and they want to restore the creek to its original natural flow. And so we get into this conversation. There's a lot of um, me learning things that I didn't know about environmentalism. Just and Zach learning. Zach was doing I a knew lot everything. of learning. Zach, uh, Zach hasn't paid attention in any sort of environmental science class since <laughs> fifth grade. So he rehashes some things, um, maybe some things that I, and maybe you guys don't understand about biology of aquatic life but this is your chance to learn this is a chance to you learn. learn today but honestly i love how we were able to dig into a bunch of the science behind it and so i studied science in college and always loved science um and so being able to dig into you know the biology and um just what happens in the ecosystem uh whenever you do uh dam up a creek um that should be free-flowing and um I think one thing that was really great that Ron said, and sorry to dig into the interview already, but um, he said that, yeah, having Lake Bell Vista is nice, but we can do so much better. So with that, uh, we introduced you to the friends of Little Sugar Creek. Also, you will notice that there is no swear warning on this podcast, but we say damn the most that you will ever hear in one podcast. <laughs> Zach is eye rolling and making a terrible noise. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Hey Hey NWA. Uh, around the microphones, let's let's go around and uh, see who's around. So let's let's start over here. My name is Ron Miller, lifelong resident of Northwest Arkansas, involved in a couple causes in the community. What do you do? Tell us what you do. What's your day job? For a living, like the meat and potatoes of it. I've actually, uh, this is my 18th year with Walmart corporate. 18? Wow. 18 years. Well, you got almost the silver, ba- silver badge, right? I do. I do. I'm kind of afraid to get the gold one these days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I work in environmental compliance, oddly enough. Very good. Wow. I'm Kevin <laughs> Bennett. I'm a local business owner in town. Um, 
and uh, own a pizza place. And, uh, and know, that I've pizza place is? Uh, the Peddler's Pub. That's right. Peddler's Pub. Not just any pizza place. <laughs> yeah. pizza place. It's a special oh, pizza place. Thank you. It's no Domino's. Uh, it's no Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've you know I've been involved in environment my whole adult life and and uh, this was something that uh, I met uh, Greg through uh, Little Sugar Creek and it's just uh, it's kind of funny how those things just bring like-minded people together to yeah to make things happen and you know bring bring awareness and and another perspective to things that are going on uh, right I recruited Kevin I should should add i think kind of i wasn't sure when we first met uh i I was sitting out back on the patio of peddlers and i and i I think i just um i asked i was thinking about you know maybe we could have a fundraiser here this place is cool you know maybe we could do something for our cause here and so uh i asked the server to you know bring over the owner and and kevin came over and i started you know, I was like, I was a little bit worried because a lot of business owners don't want to get involved in an issue, especially if it's an issue it, that is opposing uh, what a city's plan might be or, or controversial. You know, they just see it as uh, a risk. Um, but Kevin sat down at the table and I said, um, you know, we're we're trying to get this dam taken out and we're trying to restore this creek. And um and he's and he and I remember exactly the sentence he said. He, uh, I, I I started going into some details about how you know it gets algae infested in the summer and there's no swimming allowed and the fishing is just not very good. And and uh, I remember him saying, you know, those little reservoirs are just silly. It was words almost to that exact uh sentence I'll, I'll never forget that and i kind of sat back and he, and he used the word cyanobacteria my how do you say it <laughs> cyanobacteria which is a, a type of bacteria that I've, i'm learning all this i'm not a, a water expert like these guys uh a type of bacteria that forms when al- when algae forms some of the algae can be toxic and and that bacteria is blue green algae Blue green algae, but yeah. what's the well? What's the st- cyanobacteria? Cyano, thank you. Cyanobacteria. Spell that twice. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be a good name for a band. That would take half the podcast. That would. <laughs> yeah. It's just a Google way, so, though. So, Greg, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm, yeah, all of that was Greg. Just by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you encouraged out. rabbit trails. Yeah. And so that's yeah. That, you have to have you've introduced yourself. The oh, sorry. Right, Greg. Greg Van Horn is my name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am uh, sort of a lifelong resident of the area. Uh, I work in the field of um, floodplain administration. Um, mostly I, I work in uh, with maps um, and floodplain maps and how those maps uh, relate to other objects or places. So a lot of GIS work, a lot of looking at computers, that kind of thing, aerial photographs. So this area, I watched, you know, uh, Little Sugar Creek uh, running through this park for years. I've watched this, uh, the flooding that has occurred in this area. And I always thought, well, this is, you know, unusual. I mean, it would just fill the valley and the water would go right over the top of the dam. And then the dam would get damaged and they'd come and put some dirt in there and patch it back up again. And, you know, it just, something didn't seem right. You know, you don't see that very often. And people would even gather during the big rain events at the dam 
to watch it get overtopped and to watch the, you know, the trees roll over the top. Not much happening. And actually, another guy that I met in this, we were standing there at the dam on one heavy uh, rain event wearing our our, uh, raincoats and and boots and watching the, the, the creek overflow the dam and started talking to him you know now we're good friends and he's helps out with the with the cause and the member of friends of little sugar creek so. sure let's okay so let's talk about that give us the uh the two minute elevator pitch of what friends of little sugar creek is because that's what you guys are you guys are all right. on the board of you're all friends all friends of little sugar creek <laughs> that's so right if, if you guys if you guys could give us the rundown of what exactly that organization is and what yeah it is. uh you want to what, you want to do the two-minute elevator run? Sure, What's your, I'm so go ready. for it. I'll give it a... <laughs> <laughs> I knew Peyton was expecting that. Um, so two-minute overview. It, really, our mission right now, our focus, is to remove the deadbeat, obsolete, no-purpose dam at Lake Bella Vista. That is a beautiful, free-flowing Ozark stream under there. And it was for eons before it was an ill-advised farmer that came in and tried to build a resort that, guess what, flooded. Um, they uh, There's been some talk about that dam being some sort of a flood control dam it's really it's really serving absolutely no purpose other than to create a pseudo lake in other words a, a big basin that breeds bacteria all the time and uh, has a bunch of silt at the bottom it's going to require constant dredging and stuff like that so our purpose really is to get that dam removed and i think longer term it'd be more of a watershed protection initiative and uh, as an aside here most of northwest arkansas drains into the illinois river watershed a lot of northern Benton County, however, drains into the Elk River watershed basin, and that includes Little Sugar Creek. In fact, Elk River itself in southwest Missouri is formed by the confluence of Big Sugar Creek and Little Sugar Creek. Right. Elk River becomes the Elk River once Big and Little Sugar Creek meet up near Pineville. And, and another, another point to make there is Elk River flows into Grand Lake in Oklahoma. So now we've got three states that are affected by what is in Little Sugar Creek. Right. So, yeah, they call it the the third slope. In Northwest Arkansas, most people are familiar with the Illinois watershed. Um, water running from, say, southern Bentonville, uh, south, um, down the Illinois River. And then in you have the White River, uh, which is Beaver Lake. So if you're, uh, you know, over there to the east, then you're going to have, you know, you're going to be in the White River watershed. Uh, but this is, this slow, you know, this watershed that is, um, I don't know, it's it's kind of the forgotten watershed, I think, in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah, it I seems mean, that way. There was a, you know, for the Illinois River Watershed Partnership, IRWP, um, they're doing a lot of great work. I think they've got an office now over in uh, Cave Springs. Um, they're very active in the community and in schools um, locally, Northwest Arkansas. And there's been, you know, there's a long time, uh, long pending federal lawsuit for interstate waters. The Illinois River flows over into Oklahoma, and there's a big lawsuit about chicken litter and how it was polluting Oklahoma waters, basically. So for our watershed here, uh, the Elk River watershed, there used to be a board uh, of the Elk River Watershed Authority, whatever they were called. They disbanded several years ago. And so there's really nobody left to protect the watershed. We are kind of taking up that torch Interesting. Is that just in Bentonville or is that in all of Northwest Arkansas? Like a environmental watershed 
agency? Are you guys the only one that exists in this area? We're not, I mean, we're not really, our purpose isn't to protect the watershed now. Our purpose, narrow focus right now is to get the dam removed okay. in the name of good watershed stewardship. I think longer term, uh, once the dam is removed, and I'm going to speak positively there because it will be removed. Uh, that's right. Uh, once that dam is removed, I think longer term strategy will be protection of the watershed and perhaps some sort of reestablishment. Uh, whether that's through our organization or some other partnership to protect the Elk River. Very good. Very good. And I've seen on your Facebook page, like, you know, your hopes for it um, that will become a reality. I'm going to speak positively as well. Thank you. Um, so what are the ways that people can enjoy um, Little Sugar Creek once it's actually, you know, the dam is removed and um, the right work has taken place? There's a myriad of ways. I think it, the way anybody enjoys a creek now um, I will tell you, back when I was 10 years old, my uncle lived just uphill from Little Sugar Creek, and I used to go down there and wade, chase crawfish. Um, I would catch smallmouth bass. Uh, so in your lifetime, you see, you've seen it change? like yeah, Absolutely. The way, okay. Well, and I will tell you, even when I was a kid, I thought the lake was stinky. It was a little bit you know, stagnant, what have you. Uh, the dam was kind of cool. You used to actually be able to drive over the dam. Um, it's what a lot of people who have lived here, yeah, and you, if you're not from here, it's probably a little bit of a history lesson. That dam used to, and you can still see some of the asphalt that's been scoured off by some of the overtoppings, but there used to be, you used to be able to drive straight through. If you turn in there um, on the east side of Highway 71, you drive straight across to the big lot where the park is now. And there was a bit, was a bar barn of some sort. They designed the school to actually trick some of the birds that used to have that, or have a habitat nearby. That Cooper Elementary just down the street, it looks, there's part of it that looks like a red barn. So it's very conscious of them, which is cool. But that barn was even torn down years ago. So all of it's defunct. This is all in, there's, sure, yeah. there are some history elements to it. Well, but, I think there needs to be a, you know, there seems to be a lack of understanding um, with the public of when, when we discuss a lake and what, what is the purpose of a lake. And, <clears throat> you know, when we think of Beaver Lake, Okay, it obviously has a purpose that is much greater than recreation, and that's water supply. So water supply is one reason, and probably the only and the most important reason to have a lake of any sort, right? Another reason would be flood control, which is uh, a way of taking water that, that comes down through the hills or the watershed from all different areas, put into different tributaries that all run to an area, and pour into one place that would be dammed up in a lake. And that lake then would let water go and keep water back and let water go to minimize huge big events and try to help with large big flooding events. Um, lake Bella Vista is none of the above. Um, when we think of a lake, we think of a nice big deep lake that you jump into, you swim, you take your boat out. Yeah. Lake Bella Vista is 22 acres. Yeah. That 22 acres receives runoff from 50,000 plus acres in the watershed, which brings it to a 2,550 to 1 watershed to lake ratio. It's a critical point. It's which off the chart. is, is an unreal Yeah, yeah. Beaver's number. 24 to 1. 20, 24. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. It's, it's 100 absurd. times wow. more... Of, uh, there's a hundred times more, or the ratio is a hundred times greater than uh, the ratio of beaver. So the importance wow. here is, that I think most people are missing when there's a conversation about getting rid of the dam is 
they think that the dam is some sort of flood control because everyone that we talk to says, oh, but you take the dam out and everyone downstream is going to wash away. Mm -hmm. Well, if you take the dam out, you've got a floodplain there where the lake is that is able to spread the water out when there's a rain event and minimize the amount of water that's coming down through the channels that go downstream. Okay. Um, so there's absolutely no truth to flood control for Lake Bella Vista. At this point, there's absolutely no truth to recreation for Lake Bella Vista because you're not allowed to be in it. True. Yeah. It has a depth, a maximum depth of, let's say, maybe 10 feet, 12 feet, maybe, and you probably couldn't even find that. And the only solution here that is being presented is to build a new dam and dredge everything out of the bottom of that lake and then do the same thing again in how many years and yeah. do the same or thing the again the in another year. There's no benefit to the lake. The lake does nothing for us. There's no recreational value. If the proposal from our side is that if you take out the dam, you can take that free-flowing creek and we can develop that into educational areas for the schools nearby, for Bella Vista, for Cooper, for the Bentonville schools. Very easy to get kids there with the Greenway, with the busing system, very easy, very close. Um, kayaking, canoeing. Um, instead of having a dam and working some sort of system to release water for kayakers, do what they did at Siloam Springs in the Illinois River. They put in features so that when there's rush of water, those features are very prominent and kayakers will go out there and do it. It's a, you know, like any other rolling stream or river in the area. When the water is up, everybody goes and has a blast in their boats. When it's not, you wait. Yeah. And when it naturally comes again, you go have a blast and you talk about <laughs> the next time that you're going to go have fun on it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the way Ozark streams are. You know, you, it's, I kind of liken it to, um, you know, the, uh, because a lot of our critics say, you know, the, the lakes no, or the creek's no good. It's not deep enough. You know, you can't do anything on it. And they kind of malign the creek um, as, a, uh, as a reason to build the dam. You know, they say, well, we need the dam because the creek's not good enough. And they said the same thing about the Buffalo River. You know, when they were trying to build the dams on the Buffalo, they said, oh, the Buffalo River's the upper Buffalo doesn't have enough water in it. Um, they even even said things like, there's too much poison ivy along the banks of the Buffalo River. So let's build these dams and we'll make a beautiful lake and all those all those things will go away and we can all go sailing, you know. And it was just, it's, it's kind of, they're making the same argument for the dam. They're not necessarily arguing... F that the lake is going to be this great recreational amenity. They're arguing that the creek's not good enough um, and that they're going to improve it by building a 600-foot-long wall across it and blocking it, you know. And we, history has shown us that that isn't the case. What's happened at Lake Bella Vista is a result of, you know, uh, this lake in the wrong location. You know, they put a 600-foot-long wall dirt wall out of whatever the dirt they could find in 1915 across the you know the creek um, they had no idea what they were doing and as a result they ended up with a shallow silty lagoon that nobody wanted to swim in and it hurt the resort um, not only did it flood the buildings around the resort 
but it you know made the water kind of that murky sort of silty and that's what happens in the ozarks there's a lot coming down a creek besides just water you know there's all kinds of debris and silt in that water and when you block it 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 settles on the bottom and that you know creates a constant uh degradation of the water in that reservoir let me add a point here this is important too because our opponents and people in general who oppose the idea of a creek being a good water filtration uh, avenue um, their their counterpoint to what greg just said would be well if you have all that silt blocked it's not getting downstream right so you're actually protecting the downstream area of getting all that silt that's in the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the lake yeah. that's not reality reality yeah. is that the streams, river needs that silt. the river needs mm -hmm. that silt the stream will heal itself the yeah. stream the stream will take that and deposit it where it needs to go and the problem right now is that it's just building up it is. in one place big time and yeah. then sinks to the bottom sure yeah. can we it takes we, away habitat yeah can we talk about the, the ecosystem of the bella vista lake when you have something like silt buildup or algae buildup or that sort of thing because my understanding is that algae brings in sun and is good for fish and that sort of thing. Sure. So, but I have a very limited understanding of biology. So could you give us a rundown of sure. what the so, ecosystem looks like and why that's a bad thing? So flowing water, one, okay. Oxygen being sort of number one for everything living, right? Um, and when we, when we deal with oxygen in the water, it's what's called dissolved oxygen. And that oxygen is put in in two ways. You can disturb the surface, which you have running water. That's basically interacting more with the atmosphere, taking oxygen into the water. And then there's plant life, which is the algae. The algae grows, and it takes in sunlight, produces food for itself, and then it gives off carbon dioxide, and it gives off oxygen in the water for things to eat for things to breathe right another thing that's very important about algae growth while it is while it is um producing during the day during the night it goes through a night phase of photosynthesis where it demands oxygen so when you have an out of balance amount of algae then in the dark phase photosynthesis, you've got algal growth that is now taking oxygen out of the water. So you see high levels of, of oxygen during the day, and you see very low oxygen levels at night. And oftentimes you'll even be able to walk along the edges of the creek or the lakes in early morning, and there'll be small pockets of fish kill, small fish kill, where fish were trapped in an area didn't you know weren't able to get oxygen now that that being part of how it works the the overall ability for a stream to maintain oxygen is to flow there's less algal growth because there's no place for algae to attach right it is taking in more oxygen and it's taking silt and instead of depositing it on the bottom, it's moving it and it's depositing small amounts on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then there's a storm event and it cleans then again. And it takes these and it takes that silt and it gets out of its banks and then it deposits it, deposits it over on the sides, on the land. 
where it should be. So it's, you know, redirecting then all the soils and all the, the sediment. Rock bottom is the extremely important part of the ecosystem in water because that's where the organisms live. That's where they lay their eggs, the fish, the macroinvertebrates. Mm-hmm. That's what fish eat, growing fish. That's what crawdads, being a macroinvertebrate. All the life that's, that, that, that provides for everything in the water starts in those rock bottoms. When those rock bottoms are covered up with silt, when those rock bottoms are covered up with all decomposed algae, when you have all that algal growth, that algae eventually dies and goes down to the bottom and has to be broken down. And in that breakdown process, again, oxygen is used. So it's sort of the double negative of algae when there's right. too much. Yeah. If you see algae coverage, like if you look at our website and see some of the pictures of, uh, of the algae coverage that has Friends happened of little sugar on, Creek. Um, org or folsc.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. We needed that eventually. Or you find us on yeah. Facebook at Friends of Little Sugar Creek. So you'll see that, you'll see that, that uh, algae can just cover immense amounts of this, of this lake. I mean, it is literally uh, with the entire width of the upstream part of this, this lake that it can cover it. So it's just uh, an algae farm. I mean, it's cre- we've created the perfect uh, scenario. If you wanted to grow algae, if you wanted to farm algae, Lake Bella Vista is how you would do it. Take a small, <laughs> take a small reservoir, shallow, lots of sunlight, you know, on the surface, and uh, nature will, uh, you know, just make algae happen and that algae will just deplete the oxygen right out of the, the water and aquatics and the idea that it's good chance. because it's taking carbon dioxide out of the air and giving off oxygen that is true until the, the out of balance begins to happen yeah and i think most people understand you know and we've talked about how you know the silt is trapped behind a dam but you know the dam also blocks uh, creatures from swimming upstream. And some of those creatures control, you know, naturally control algae. You know, they go along the bottoms. And stone rollers are an example of a fish that I'm told likes to eat algae. Snails uh, like to eat algae. But they can't get upstream. You know, once, it's, once they get to the dam, there's no fish passage. There's no uh, way for, you know, anything to move up from there. So you kind of, bisecting that, bisecting that stream, you know, you're... Um, you're cutting off a, a big, an important part of the, the functioning ecosystem. Is there a scenario in which Lake Bella Vista ceases to have any life in it because of? Oh, sure. Is because you talk about walking on the bank and seeing like fish kills all And that's common bank, in healthy know? water systems right. in some ways overnight okay. when there's some of that. Could that stagnant water like create an, an unlivable ecosystem? For, uh, for fish for, or for, large for aquatic organisms mm-hmm. yeah. now it's still going to be a great place for goose to go and poop and <laughs> and 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 then again fertilize more algae and and frogs to live and snakes to be by but those are uh amphibious so we, we really I actually want more snakes we would love more snakes yeah. Yeah, that's, my, that's my goal <laughs> but snakes are but, but as far as in the water you know are you going to catch uh, are you going to have a lot of luck in in the lake catching a lot of fish? It's not the best habitat for fish. 
It's very shallow. Yeah. It's very warm. Um, it, it's not ideal. There's there's very little oxygen. Are there fish there? Of course. You're going to catch fish there. Do fishermen fish there? They don't. Even now. Uh, and why? Because can you catch things there? Sure you can. Um, but it's not an ideal place for them because it's not a, it's not a very healthy habitat for them. There's some guy listening right now who's pissed off. He's like, I fish that lake all the time. I got a big one. Yeah. I wonder why I never catch anything in that lake. You got it to yourself, yeah. man. That's it's right. all yours. I catch suckers in there all day long. Yeah. If you like snake backstrap, I guess you could get some of that. It yeah. sounds like. Well, if, or if you like well, lake water with your goose poop, I think that's a great place. Animals are fairly resilient things. I mean, you know, so it's... You know, there are what are called bioindicators, uh, living things that indicate the quality of the water. And you're not going to find, um, you're not going to have a very high index of organisms that support healthy life in the lake. You go up to the creek before the dam where everyone else goes, go out on a sunny day to Lake Bella Vista, and you have a lot of people walking around the lake and riding bikes around the lake. But no one's fishing in the lake. No one's got their feet in the lake. No one's swimming in the lake. No one's boating in the lake. Everyone is upstream. And they've got their picnic out. And they've got their, uh, they've, they've got their whole family out there. They've got the blankets on the rocks. And the kids running through the creek and having a good time and catching crawdads. And, and that's what the entire stretch would be with the dam removed. With some, with some restoration that entire stretch that is lake that is now very clear running water through the entire lake bed. Yeah. Yeah, they removed the, the floodgates about 15 months ago. So what you're seeing at the upper part of the creek is uh, completely different. You know, it's starting to restore itself. What exactly is a floodgate? What do you mean when you say... On the dam, there were... on, on uh, The dam had this old dam, the remnants of the failed dam. This old dam. <laughs> <laughs> And it had three uh, metal doors that um, were basically, I don't know if you'd call them floodgates, but they were a way to drain the reservoir. You could lift the, lift the, like a garage door and, you know, let water through and close it back and that would, you know, retain the water. So the city removed the, uh, the three doors or panels now. So all that's there now is the openings of where those uh, gates once were. And so for the last 15 months, the creek has been flowing. Uh, it's still impeded by the, the dam, but much less. You know, it's flowing through now, and um, you can start to see the, uh, the changes taking place. And it's pretty neat. That's the neat thing about dam removal, in my mind, is, you know, when you're working on, say, clean air or something, you know, you really got to wait. Or, you know, if you're uh, reforestation or something, you know, you, you got to wait. But with a, with a creek or a river, once it's, the water starts moving again, once things start getting back into that, you know, ecosystem. The changes are pretty apparent right away. And if you go to the upstream end of, of it, just down uh, at the walking bridge, just uh, behind Walgreens, just a little downstream from there, what you'll see is is remarkable. I mean, it's clear flowing water. There are riffles, um, you know, little rapids. Uh, you'll see more fish. The water's clear. It's beautiful. Yeah, I think that's important to say too. The fluvial process of the stream kind of restoring itself. Right now it's kind of meandering through there. The dam, with the floodgates being removed, it's not 
performing any service at all or then getting in the way of uh, some of the flow. Um, the reality is right now, Little Sugar Creek is flowing. And right, I mean, there, it needs to be better. We've got a better solution in mind, obviously. But I think ultimately to get back to what we're, what the vision is really. So what happens, let's say we win and let's say the dam goes away. Okay. Now what? Because I will talk, I will say, I talk to a lot of folks once they find out that I'm involved in this, first of all, they're surprised. Um, but secondly, they, they say, you know what? I think that lake's really pretty. Well, there are times when the lake, sure, it looks good. Okay. But what, what people fail to realize is that we can always do better. And in that particular location with that particular environment and ecosystem, there's a lot to be desired. And I will tell you, you know, we have that vision. And I think that's really what kind of drew me to this organization was this isn't, this wasn't formed. The genesis of this wasn't, we just want to oppose the city of Bentonville. You know, it wasn't, let's, let's just find out what Bentonville's doing and let's give them hell about it. Right. Let's just, <laughs> let's just do, let's sue them. Let's do all these things. You know, it was never like that. In fact, and Greg, I don't know if you remember this. Um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the Genesis and the vision. I'm going to tie those two things together, but Greg, uh, I went back and looked, he and I got in a bit of a Facebook argument one night and that's how I was introduced <laughs> to Greg Van Horn. No way. First impression on Facebook. Cool. First impression. And then he mentioned, and then, and then he mentioned while we're arguing about it, the, the dam should be removed at Lake Bella Vista. And I was thinking, you know what, that's actually a really good idea. And then come to find out he was already leading the charge on this. I didn't know that there was any charge about it. I thought, okay, it's a done yeah. deal. Yeah, I like recruited Ron too. I, <laughs> I tried to find people who, uh, you know, I, I could tell he knew something about uh, watershed protection, and and so uh, yeah, I reached out to him, even though he insulted me. And I felt like you know it was important if we were going to be successful, we needed people like Kevin and Ron, who have a, a lot of knowledge about this subject. Yeah, so, so you made you made amends. Yeah, we you, did. Well, we it, never worked. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I started following the Facebook page, and ultimately, I sent a message to him, and he gave me a cell phone number. And then, uh, lo and behold, he and I met with uh, the former. I don't know if I can mention his name. I'll go ahead and drop, name drop him. Daryl Bowman. He used to be the lexicologist up in Bella Vista. Hi, Daryl. <laughs> Hi, Daryl. What's up? Um, no, Daryl, Greg, and myself met for lunch one day at Peddler's Pub. And here comes Kevin to the table. And this is kind of how the, the idea, I think that day at lunch, was hatched to form a 501c3 organization, um, mm. activist organization, to really get this some momentum and get funding and things like that so we could do what we needed to do to help this out. Mm. Uh, as far as the vision was concerned, you know, the immediate conversations were, this needs to be a creek. And I'm thinking, you know, you just go upstream not far, like he was just talking about. It's beautiful. You know, I take my dog through there. He loves to jump in the creek. Um, his name is Major. Hi, Hudson. Hi, Anderson. Those are my sons. They're listening right now, too. So when I mention the dog, they'll know it's me talking. But it's a beautiful place. Um, and I think Adam Schaefer, another member of our board, um, he's president of the Arkansas Audubon Society. Is that it? He is. He took some incredible photos of the uh, habitat underneath the creek that made the newspaper. And they've been posted on our Facebook page. So what the vision is ultimately going to be is, sure, it may be pretty at times, the lake. It could be beautiful and it could be a gem for the natural state. And keep in mind, somebody comes to visit from the north, Missouri, anywhere up north. They come down Highway 71. What's the first lake or first natural thing they see? They see some golf courses, sure. When they get to the rest stop, what's across the street? This big pool of goose crab. Unnatural. The unnatural state. The unnatural state. state. So that's, that's the 
the dark side of this really. And and so that would be, it's an opportunity really, not just for Bentonville to do the right thing. It's an opportunity for Northwest Arkansas to start making a better first impression. And I can see a time when, and matter of fact, my first, very first post on the friends of little sugar Creek page was envisioning a sunny day. Families out with, with kites flying picnic blankets out kids waiting in the Creek, uh, maybe a little fishing going on, uh, people bending over catching crawfish, um, just a beautiful, cool creek that's uh, cooling off everybody's feet in a hot summer day. And so I thought, my goodness, this is really worthwhile. This yeah. is what a legacy to leave potentially for my children, my grandchildren in Northwest Arkansas, and to know that we had our fingerprints on the the cause that made this right is a really big opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, the, and that's that's kind of where my mind goes is like, why why not do this? Especially since it has so many benefits down the line, but also um, just let nature do its thing. Like nature is already in its own rhythm and knows how to take care of itself. That's, yes, it's like, as good as it possibly can be. You know? Yeah, so let's get out let of nature way. do that, yeah. and then by you know inadvertently, we're gonna get like an incredible, beautiful area out of it. And also even thinking like economically, like Bentonville or Northwest Arkansas in general is expanding more into Bella Vista. Um, And so that that'll give, you know, more beautiful things in Bella Vista. Like it's just a win all around. Here's a concept for you. <laughs> it's so 22 you, acres of stagnation. You'd think it would be, uh, you think it would be a no brainer. 22 <laughs> acres. Why are we of, having to work so hard? <laughs> <laughs> so a couple, a couple things. And I think that why are we having to work so hard is a really good segue into talking about the battle and where, where we are and what needs to happen. But yeah. imagine this, we have the Razorback Greenway. What about the Razorback Blue Way? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Little Sugar Creek is remarkable. I mean, it's a spring fed Creek, so it's running year round, uh, through this park. Um, and you know, those kind of things are rare, clear water, spring fed creeks. Most communities would love to have that. And to the economical portion of it. And, and this is, this has really been a, uh, a, a point of argument between, uh, the two sides of build the dam or remove the dam. And the money to build, rebuild the dam is about four million dollars yeah the 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 point that keeps getting brought up is that that four million dollars is free money it doesn't cost the city anything because we're getting it from the state and we're getting it from the federal government as grants now as a taxpayer (laughs) i don't see it that way i'm paying for that whether i'm paying for it at the municipal level or the state level or the federal level and it's $4 million, and it's significantly less to restore the stream, restore the creek. And it, in the future, is less of a money pit right. than it is to rebuild the dam. So it costs $4 million to rebuild it. But that's free money because that's the state money and that's the federal money, not the municipal money. That's your money. Free. Okay, that's free. Wow. Air quotes. That's the free, free money. Free FEMA money. Okay. But... Give it 10 years and it'll be 4 million again because it's still a 50,000 acre watershed flowing into a 22 acre, eight foot, 10 foot uh, deep lake. Hmm. It's going to get topped over again. The idea that they're going to concrete the top of the dam so that it protects it. We all see what happens to concrete underwater. We know that's not going to work. 
So we're going to have to get those grants again, Hmm. or we're going to have to do something about it later. So instead of putting a tiny little Band-Aid on it, why don't we fix it? And how much, around how much would it cost to just fix it and allow it to free flow? Restore it. We've talked to a couple of different places, and, you know, the estimates run anywhere from, it depends on how how much you want to do. I mean, just to take the earthen dam out, wouldn't be very expensive you know you could probably do that for a couple hundred thousand um but if you want to actually do some stream bank restoration and some uh you know things like that then it it could it could go a little more Uh, if it were two million dollars yeah what sounds better to the taxpayer yeah two million dollars Four million dollars, two million dollars once, or four million dollars twice. A lot of the the, lot of the funding for river restoration is coming from private sources. You know, there are a lot of sources out there that um, are funding this, and not not just uh, private sources, but uh, um, what is it, the William and uh, the Hewlett uh, Hewlett uh, Foundation, I think it is. Hewlett Foundation just set up a, a big uh, trust to fund communities that have decided to remove dams. So dam removal is nice. going on all over the country. You know, this isn't, we're not, yeah, you're not we didn't make new. this up. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that's going on because it costs much less. It's more sustainable and you get cleaner water. So it's, um, there are organizations out there that are funding this. So it's not like this is something, I mean, one of the arguments that the city makes is, well, this, this could cost the Bentonville taxpayers more money if we don't take the FEMA money. And, um, you know, that's simply not the case. I mean, most dams are removed with a combination of, of public and private uh, funding. And so, you know, but the, the city got this park for free and it had a failed dam in it when they got it. You know, they, I think they paid $10 for it, over 100 acres in 2006. So, um, you know, it might cost them a little to, to get it right. You know, and, t- and that's okay, yeah. but uh, you know you gotta you gotta spend a little money if you wanted to uh, you know repair something that's been uh, you know blocking the watershed for this long. It's caused a lot of damage. You know, I, I would love to talk just for a second about dollars and common sense. Okay, so we the taxpayer question is a very important one because everybody around here this is a very fiscally conservative area, okay? And I think the majority of the voters of the city of Bentonville, if they actually took a step back and realized, the vast majority, by the way, took a step back and realized this is just a pork project. Let's say it's a ballot initiative. This is going to just be completely obliterated in an election, okay? And I think it's also evident if you look at Facebook. We had a couple hundred likes a year ago. Now we're 2,100, almost 2,200 likes, which isn't necessarily... There's a lot of people in the area. A lot of people but, keeping track of what you're doing. But yeah, but, there, <laughs> but the reality is we have a lot of momentum on that front. And as far as the dollars and common sense are concerned, I'm going to stick my neck out for a second. And I'm going to call out the Walton Family Foundation, who are closely connected with my current employer. And while they've, they've done so much good in this community, this is like their little playground here, okay? They, they've invested yeah. a lot, and they've improved my quality of life. I'll just admit that right now. Um, And I think that they have a lot more potential to help the area through freedom of information act requests. You know, we were able to see quite clearly that they were going to give a million dollars really to the city of Bentonville to kind of convert this dam that the plans for this dam, um, to convert it to kind of a pulse release sluice gate type dam where 
there would be kind of a backup of water and then just kind of a release where it'd be like a whitewater park of some sort. Huh. So let me, let's, let's talk again about dollars and common sense. If the Walton Family Foundation is willing to give a million dollars to the community for this dam, why couldn't they help get it to a point where the stream's restored to something more beautiful huh. and have a through fare for a kayak? They start wherever they want within Benton County or wherever the Little Sugar Creek goes and go all the way if they want to the grand lake in Oklahoma for crying out loud, they, that really opens things up. Yeah. And it's very in line with their mission of making this place. It is know, livable and beautiful and, uh, attractive and just developing Northwest Arkansas as a whole. And so, yeah, that's definitely down their mission. And so that's what baffles me about the whole thing. It's yeah. like, I, I realized that perhaps they, you know, it's a million dollars they want to give to the city of Bentonville, which is a great thing. Anytime that you want to help, a city by giving them additional funds to do something cool for the community is an awesome thing. Yeah. I don't know if they're misinformed. I don't know if they're just kind of riding the back of whatever is happening with this. But the reality is if Bentonville was to step up, let's go back the trailblazers, another entity connected to the Walton family. Okay. If they, if they were to talk with the city of Bentonville or Bentonville approach them, there's a good chance that they could sort of clarify or modify this conveyance agreement to say, okay, the dam doesn't necessarily need to be there in perpetuity. And we can talk, I'll let Greg talk a little bit more about this conveyance agreement in a moment. Okay. But the reality is, the reality is they could take that money and they could take a clarified or modified agreement, come together on a very simple solution and let Little Sugar Creek flow. Yeah. Let it flow. And let at it, the very least, very little sugar. clear up the <laughs> conveyance agreement. At the very least. There have been, le there have been legal opinions on that. And hmm. we've, we've sought legal opinions and multiple legal opinions. That, that's really not, it doesn't really hold water, pun intended. I'm, I'll let Greg <laughs> talk to a little bit more of the history politically here. And maybe yeah. Nor does the we, dam. Before we go off on too deep of a rabbit trail politically here, I certainly don't want to... Um, I, I, I will call out certain entities for, to do the right thing, but I'm not going to bash anybody. Yeah. We may do that privately a little. Yeah. Right? We're well, not going to do We can bash them. I told, a, I told a joke today down at the uh, creek. We had a creekside chat with one of the council members, so the Bentonville City Council members. And uh, <laughs> I told the joke that um, the mayor of Bentonville is so old that uh, he doesn't even buy green bananas anymore. And, and I think my, the point as it relates to the dam is that, you know, in the old days, dams were glorified as these engineering marvels that could do no wrong. And we needed them. We needed them everywhere. We built over 80,000 of them in the United States right now. Wow. And only a thousand or so make electricity or, um, you know, uh, maybe another thousand or so store drinking water. The rest are just for our flat water recreation, you know? <laughs> It seemed like a good idea. Everybody, you know, hey, let's go to the lake. I get it. We all want a lake house. Yeah. You know, yada, yada. I mean, I, it, but they, these dams have a lot of consequences, as we're seeing. And, and so now we got to decide. They're old. This one's 100 years old. You know, it's crumbling. What do you do with it? Yeah. Do you want to spend $4 million and rebuild it to get a shallow, silted reservoir? Or do you want to free it up and let people go swimming and fishing and, you know, all the yeah. rest of that? So, I mean, that's kind of the... The essence of the debate, I think, really, you know, is that we're not out there saying take down Beaver Dam. You know, we get that. We get that a lot. People come up to say, oh, you guys want to take out every dam in America? It's, of course not. You know, this is very specific to this particular location. Okay. 
And it would make sense to talk about a dam that wasn't failed. I mean, this dam has to be removed. It cannot be repaired. It's beyond the repair. reason that it's empty. You got to take it, was, it all the way It out. was, uh, I believe FEMA said, this is a compromised dam. You can't keep water oh, yeah. in this dam anymore. It's dangerous. Oh yeah, gosh. that's, that's well, after, okay, December So to do nothing, it, it's as is a free-flowing creek right now. It's just not been, yeah. you know, restored to mm-hmm. where it's, you know, all along the area is, is usable and fishable and recreatable and Mm-hmm. Definitely floatable. We float it all the time. We like <laughs> to float it. Hopefully, we'll we'll do a float um, within the next couple months. We'll get a bunch of people. And oh, is that kind of a fundraiser up. you guys get to do? We do. We sometimes do it. Well, not necessarily as a fundraiser, but just as as fun. It's you know, appreciation, oh, nice. community yeah. awareness. Yeah, we put yeah, in sure. below yeah. the dam and with kayaks and uh, canoes. I'll be, I'll be there. Okay, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so fun. I love good, floating. good. We'll uh, we'll definitely announce it and let you guys know about it so that we can get more people to do it. The more people that see it and see what we have here in this community, the more they want to protect it. The more they want yeah. to help it. You can't really you know love something until you know it a little bit. You gotta get to know it. And Little Sugar Creek's got a lot to love. I mean, there's some really, uh, it's a neat little, charming little creek, as a friend of mine called. He said, it's a charming creek. Mm. You know, it's got little rapids and some nice turns. And uh, even going through the golf courses in Bella Vista, you know, you feel like you're, even though you're right there in the, the heart of everything, um, you feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere. As long as you don't get pelted in the head by a Titleist. Well, I, I'm going to hold on to a quote. Um, you don't know something or you don't, you can't love something until you've seen it. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Until you know it, until you know it, until you know you, it, until you, yeah. So, uh, let's, let's go around. Let's, <laughs> let's get to know, let's get to know y'all a little bit better. Sure. So, uh, what do y'all do outside of this? I think that it's really important to highlight that you guys aren't doing this full time. You guys aren't, um, advocating Feels for this like all the time no. <laughs> we i want to just say you know we are we we kind of got lucky in in a couple of ways in terms of being able to do this um and to support this cause um because um well i think with with kevin for example you know we had a outlet you know had a venue and my wife always reminds me you know if it weren't for kevin you wouldn't be able to do any of this <laughs> she, doesn't really, she doesn't really talk like that sorry honey <laughs> and she but uh you know Forgive it helped me. us to get people to come out to somewhere where they could have a beer listen to people who you know like creeks and fishing and canoeing and that kind of thing so that was nice but also patagonia is um is our one of our sponsors um, and they support nice. us. And Patagonia started doing this in the 80s. They started giving 1% of their gross sales to environmental causes. But they wow. didn't just go out and give it to the Sierra Club or you know um, big environmental organizations. Their idea was, what if we fund these small grassroots organizations that are considered too small? You know, they're kind of going under the radar, you know? Yeah. The, the Sierra Club's not going to save Little Sugar Creek. They're not going to come in here and take this battle on. They're, they've got other things to do, you know? Um, so it was their idea that, you know, the people who really knew the places and really used it and loved it, you know, they would work the hardest. And so they started putting their money into that. And so they've 
they've been very generous and they've helped us, which helps us pay for legal fees, helps us pay for, you know, brochures, uh, and, and host things and, and do things like that. But yeah, no, we're, we're, we don't, we don't all, we're not professional, uh, dam removal, uh, organizations. Nobody's paying <laughs> us. We're all volunteers. <laughs> yeah. We're all volunteers just doing this because we love this Creek. We don't want it. We don't want to lose it. We want to see it, you know, we don't, you know, we don't want to see what happened to it, uh, happen to it again. You know, these guys, these guys came in in the 19, in 1915, 1917, started, you know, doing this and, and now we're left with their mess to clean up and we don't want to do that. We don't want to, you know, we know that's not the right way to be a good steward of the watershed and to yeah. be, you know, a good part of the community you give in. So we're just regular people. I think really we like, you know, we like the outdoors. We like to fish. We like to swim. We like to kayak, you know, we're just, it's a, in the Ozarks like this, you know, um, I kind of grew up here, but then moved to Texas and went to school. And, but when I came back to Arkansas, you know, I got, I got into canoeing and I like to collect canoes and, and go to different rivers in Arkansas and paddle them. So, um, you know, I, I think it, it just, it, it kind of something that you kind of fall into naturally because that's what we do. You know, we, we go to the Buffalo river and we take float trips. Uh, we go to the Mulberry and the Kings river and, you know, we bring our friends and, you know, sometimes we spend the night out there on a gravel bar. We bring our, you know, lunch and our fishing poles and we hang out. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of the, I think in my mind, it's one of the best things that you can do in Arkansas. You know, you can, you can get, have access to these beautiful, uh, natural uh, waterways. And so they, they need protection. They need people to say, wait, wait, wait. You know, there's lots of places where they've tried to build dams or tried to put in culverts or levees or channels or just things that, you know, are going to, uh, destroy the natural, uh, uh, resources that we love. But to reiterate Peyton's point from the top of the show, you said we are regular people, but I, you guys aren't hippies, but you guys also aren't uneducated. We're a little bit hippies. We're recovering hippies. Yeah. <laughs> Reformed hippies. Yeah, uh, we used to be like hippies. That. Now we yeah. now we have kids and jobs. And yeah. <laughs> but to that point, though, you guys aren't uneducated about this stuff is the other thing. Because from what I hear, all three of you guys work or have worked in areas that are peripheral to this topic. I was uh, before... Uh, <laughs> having a pizza place i was a teacher for 15 years in uh, uh science education i uh, worked in the environmental study center in fayetteville for the fayetteville public schools uh, and primary focus was teaching kids about watersheds water quality the importance of it um, ways to protect it uh, that was part of the curriculum for every student that was in fifth grade, every student that was in the 10th grade biology class. Um, and those are things that I have always believed in. I'm a husband and father of two. Um, and it's very important to me that my kids have the same opportunities in nature that I've always had that have been so influential for me. Right. And it, it, the, the thing that is, has been so disturbing for me and frankly in my adult life that I wasn't sure would have have ever happened. I didn't pick necessarily that I was going to be going to city council meeting yeah. 
in every city I've been to discussing and trying to work on issues that to me seem like people didn't understand. Something that has always been puzzling to me is that there's so little understanding uh, of how nature works and the importance of um, the interconnected web of everything in nature, trails, cars, people, food, water, and it just doesn't seem to get enough uh, attention. And when it doesn't get enough attention, young people don't understand it, and young people grow up uh, not understanding the importance of it. And that's why we end up discussing and 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 battling sometimes and arguing sometimes about the importance because many people don't understand it. And that's, you know, I mean, I think if you, on a very simple level, if you just ask every human about photosynthesis or oxygen in the water or very, what are very simple things in Ecology, I don't think there's that many people really understand it. So if you don't understand it, there's no way that you can defend it or protect it or or uh, yeah, appreciate it in many ways. And you find your opportunity as an educator who has educated fifth graders, right. now educating you know 45-year-olds <laughs> or council members, you know, yeah. who, um, like myself, have probably abandon some of that knowledge sure. for some and if it's pop just not your thing of course sure right. you know like yeah, <laughs> of course and 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 when i say that it's it's not to it's not to uh to be condescending to those that don't understand it that's not the i that's not my point it's 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 that it is the most important thing i mean without fresh drinking water we are nothing yeah. So we can use every other argument in the world for other things, but without clean drinking water, we are nothing. And that's going on in other countries where people and animals and children and families are dying all the time because there is no clean water and there's nobody there to do anything about it. Right. Ron, we'd be remiss to hear about your extracurricular activities besides <laughs> <A> curricular like <laughs> like this is school um we we'd be remiss to hear about what you uh do other than being a part of the board of friends of little sugar creek and work and work yeah. <laughs> you know, works i'll tell you what I'm, I'm very blessed that i have a pretty cool job um i have a really cool working relationship with the other board members friends of little sugar creek greg and i are we were fast friends. We text all the time. Um, certainly a great, important cause. Another cause I have recently gotten heavy, heavily involved in is the Down Syndrome Connection of Northwest Arkansas. And actually, uh, this weekend was elected to their board of directors. And Congratulations. So this, thank, That's thank awesome. You. It's the second uh, nonprofit board I serve on. So a lot of my quote unquote free time. Um, I have two kids, so there's not a whole lot <laughs> so of that. So what is free time? Yeah. Uh, you know, I conduct a lot of that business by email. Um, there are meetings on occasion. I had a board meeting Monday with the Down Syndrome Connection. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's a cause that's uh, near and dear to me because my son Anderson was born 
uh, roughly eight months ago, back in July with Down syndrome, and it was a complete shock to my wife and I. Um, we didn't know what to do. I mean, literally, we he was born at just before 11 p.m., and about 7.30 the next morning, uh, the pediatrician comes in, and my wife and I are sitting there. We're expecting to get the go-ahead to go home and all that fun stuff. And she said, you might have noticed, and as soon as she said that, I knew exactly what she was going to say, because this is, I'll, I'll give you the abridged version of my journey thus far, but um, it, it was tough because I, when he first came out, I kind of saw that he looked a little different. I think, you know, babies are, they look like aliens when they come out. Let's just yeah, be real. They're, they're just wrinkly messes of flesh. Purple. They're really gross. Yeah, they are. They're, they're kind of weird looking. And so I, I thought, you know, he's my son. I'm going to love him no matter how he looks right now. Um, my first one was born very cone-headed, and he's, I mean, these, he's the cutest kid you've ever seen interacted with. And so over time, uh, after he was born, you know, they're cleaning him up and everything. And I saw the nurses kind of huddled in the corner chatting about things. And mm-hmm. I started to connect some dots in my mind. And I'm thinking, okay, on one hand, I think there may be something wrong. On the other hand, I'm thinking yeah, they're just, maybe I'm being a little paranoid, you know? Um, so I, I kind of took a step back from it and, um, ignored it and didn't get any sleep that night, of course. And when the pediatrician said he had um, some of the traits of Down syndrome, I felt my heart sink. Like I felt the air literally leave my lungs and I immediately looked over at my wife and she had a stoic look on her face, but I think it was because she was shocked. We were both pretty well shocked. Yeah. And after we had the conversation, she went through some of the traits that she was seeing and things like that. And we were somewhat in denial. Um, when she left, we sat there in stone cold silence for a solid 30 minutes. My wife and I have a very candid, you know, talkative relationship. We're best friends. Um, my wife's name is Jessica, by the way. She's probably going to listen to this. What's up, Jessica? <laughs> she, Hi, Jessica. She's a 10. You guys can vouch. I mean, my wife is hot. 11. <laughs> 11. Attaboy. <laughs> this one goes up to 11. And so, no, she, she's, she's an amazing partner in life. And I, I wouldn't have, I couldn't have chosen a better partner in life than my wife. But, you know, we sat there, like I said, in stone cold silence and sink again just for half an hour, didn't say a word to each other. And then I kind of got up and took a little walk. She was exhausted. I just let it sink in for both of us. Yeah. And after that time passed, I got back and did nothing but research, research, research. I, I immediately went into fix-it mode. I had already accepted mm-hmm. the possibility that he had Down syndrome. And I would say, you know, just leaving it at that, we, we left the hospital. We had conversations. There are people that were breaking down in the family. They didn't know what to think. And I, I admit, I'd be the first to admit, I didn't realize just how ignorant I was hmm. about Down syndrome. And it's tough to admit that because I like to think I know a lot, (laughs) but the reality is, um, that was really tough to swallow. And it was because my only interaction with them, you know, you go back 20 years when I was still in high school, they had their own little wing of the school where they're basically locked in a closet all day and they have their own bathroom, their own food, their own teachers. You never really interacted with them. And that was how you handled it in the past. And so it, it it was a little tough because that was kind of the initial expectation that I had. And I tell you what, um, I was blown away once I started to research and, uh, I wouldn't change anything. He's, he's a beautiful kid. Mm. He's so, he's so funny. Um, he's really strong. He's a hoss. He's, he's like 22 pounds at eight months, which is really big. And, um, he, he's just, uh, he's changed me quite a bit. My, my wiring changed. And mm. while I'm being quite honest with you from the people perspective, um, I will say that while 
my wife was pregnant with him. I didn't really feel a connection. No, because my first one, this was all brand new. Yeah. I, I didn't have a kid. I was constantly, you know, feeling her belly, waiting for him to kick and trying to listen for the heartbeat and all these other things. And it was all brand new. Um, I was so excited. But with this one, it was more businesslike. Like I got all this stuff I got to buy. I got a crib to set up. I've got a room to paint, things to move, move out and things to buy. And so once he was born, and once I learned of his diagnosis, the fire lit, like it's raging mm. and it has not done anything but get more, <laughs> uh, f more engorged, I guess, whatever the word I can think of for the flames. I mean, I am on fire for that kid and I would mm. do anything for him. And I feel like this opportunity to serve on this nonprofit board, um, is my best opportunity to be his advocate. And I have a, daddy's voices in the room, essentially, when big steering committee type decisions are being made for the resources that are available for families that have children with Down syndrome. So it's, it's a really neat opportunity for me. I've grown a lot. I will tell, I'll give Greg some credit here, too. He's really pushed me. He and I, we've had some healthy debates about the creek. And I tell you what, this, this experience with this nonprofit board, which I've been a member of now for over a year, is going to serve me very well with this other nonprofit board and the, mm. the, the board of down syndrome connection, Northwest Arkansas is just as diverse, if not more diverse than our little board with the Creek. Um, they've got parents of children with down syndrome. They've got community members, teachers, um, people that are loosely connected to others with down syndrome and offered a different perspective. So it's a pretty cool place to be and to hear that, that conversation and make those decisions. But I will say, I'm going to stop short of speaking about, uh, activities that that community does throughout the year, but it's suffice to say that they try to do something quarterly and, um, we're going to be pushing it pretty hard on Facebook. So it's awesome. a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. So how can people keep up with the, uh, down syndrome connection in Northwest Arkansas? In my mind, there, there is a website and okay. I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness for any peers that are listening to this. I don't remember the website address, but I will say you can find it on the Facebook page. If you just search for down syndrome connection in Northwest Arkansas, and it's also a great place to connect with other families. I'll tell you, this is the first mm. resource that I had, and it was kind of a godsend. They um, were able to point me to uh, places that I needed to take him, uh, uh, medical aid applications and things like that that I needed to uh, needed to fill out. So we have found our pediatrician. We went through, gosh, we went through a few therapy places trying to find the right place for him as parents. We're a little, uh, I, I guess, we're very hands-on in that regard. And this is his fourth pediatrician, but she is absolutely amazing. Mm. We'll drive all the way from Bella Vista to Fayetteville just to see her. Yeah, so, yeah. Very good. Thank you for and the opportunity to speak about that. Yeah, and Ron, <laughs> one thing I appreciate um, about you in that realm is that, um, like, you did a lot of research for yourself, and you made sure your family was fine and all of that, but now you're extending it to others. And... Um, one time I was actually able, I kind of eavesdropped on a conversation that you had, um, where somebody else at work had mm -hmm. like discovered that, um, their child had down syndrome. Um, and you really wanted to reach out to them and be a resource for them. And I think that's incredible. Um, just that you have that passion and you have that heart for, um, children with down syndrome and families with down syndrome. So yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And I will just, if anybody is listening, um, who's affected and newly affected, whether they expected it or not. Um, first of all, and this goes for family members that might be listening who are touched by it. Congratulations are in order. You've got a beautiful baby 
And that first and foremost, you brought a new life into the world and there's nothing that can surpass that. Um, it's, it's tough to swallow. Sure. The news is really difficult and there are going to be ups and downs. I think part of my mission going forward is to make sure that, um, parents and family members that are touched by down syndrome understand what it is, understand what it means and understand that in spite of the nature, a lot of the nurture can overcome it. And that's proved the science is proven. And, um, one of my main uh, objectives on this board is going to be legislative outreach. I'm going to be talking a lot with uh, representatives, um, senators, um, just to make sure that they understand that when they get the opportunity to vote for funding, to help this, to understand it a little bit more, um, and what is, what the results are from that. I, I think that this is really going to advance, um, advance the quality of life for folks with down syndrome. Mm. And so that's really my focus in coming to this board. And of course, any other thing they need me to do, and <laughs> there's a lot of it to do. This is going to be another between the, between these two boards and my regular job. I mean, I'll be working 80 hours a week solid. So, yeah. um, which is, it's just fine. It, they're important, worthy causes, but, uh, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Thanks Peyton. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I guess wrapping up, um, how can people find out, you know, where to give and how to give, um, to the friends of little sugar Creek? Uh, well, we have a website, uh, www.folsc.org. F-O-L-S-C. <laughs> I'll reverb that a lot. Like just, yeah. FOLSC.com. Yes. And friends and, of little and sugar Creek. Yeah, they uh, tell me of, it works either way. It does. Friends of Little Sugar We're Creek. Flexible. If you type out friendsoflittlesugarcreek.org, it will take you there as well. And there are um, a couple different links. I think PayPal's the primary one now, but you okay. can donate to the cause. And all the donations, of course, since we're a 501c3 nonprofit, they're tax deductible. We'll give you a receipt and all that fun stuff too. Sweet. So, And if you get on there and you become a friend and you, you start to follow it a little bit, when there are fundraisers, it's a good time. It's a fun time. It's a bunch of like-minded people. And if you're, and if you're a little confused on the issue and you, you don't know, and you're, you're on the fence, then come out and, and talk with a bunch of people that are supporting it Yeah, and see, you know, the diversity of folks The the fundraising has exploded since the first try. Yeah, and it has better. because there have we're been so many people that have <laughs> said that either saw it as city council meeting that were there on the other side that felt like, wait a second, maybe there are some other alternatives. So, you know, it's a good chance to get around and, and um, talk with people and get some more information and, and see if it's something you want to support. Yeah, I think that's, that's understandable one of the, if you don't. That's one of the but, best things. I think, you know, you get, you get a chance to meet some really uh Really good people meet us. who really care, <laughs> yeah. really care about their community, really want to help out, and um, they're people who kind of see themselves as part of this uh, this ecosystem that we all share, right? Yeah. I mean, as opposed to being sort of separate from it, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of been that's been one of the the, the biggest uh, benefits for me. Is, you know, I've had a chance to meet people like Ron and people like Kevin and also people like Dr. Brahana and uh, Dr. Arthur Brown, who is a, one of the uh, leading stream ecologists in the state. 
and learn a lot, you know, learn a lot. I didn't know a lot of this stuff. I didn't, I never really thought much about dams. I never really thought about the, what they did or if they really, they never really, you know, just kind of never really mattered. I mean, if it was, you know, a big lake, I'd, I'd go water skiing. I never we're not really... the only people that are, that are doing this stuff that you go from between Fayetteville and here, the Lake Fayetteville Watershed Partnership, probably one of the longest running watershed protection groups in the state has been doing it since 2000 still a group Hmm. beaver lake watershed illinois river watershed protection all active cave springs you go to the illinois river watershed partnership in cave springs they have a huge they're partnered with the game and fish commission major major effort going on to protect water it's awesome. Yeah. And then come north up here. And this is the protection that is presented itself because it's a failed dam. It's time to do something about it. I have a couple closing comments. Um, I think notice has been served. If you're a leader in Bentonville, whether you're the mayor or a member of the city council, your constituents are speaking very loudly and very clearly, and they are giving generously to our cause, which we're very appreciative of. So I want to thank our donors as well. But notice has been served, and these folks would be well advised to follow that notice and to understand what their constituents really do want. And I will add that it's not just their constituents. Local businesses are in droves supporting this cause. We've had other fundraisers, other local businesses, yes. and we've had offers from others to do more. And yeah, so we should we should take a, a moment to thank those local businesses, right? Go for While it. While we're here, shouldn't we? This is the sure. this is the time to do this. I mean, these are the people who really help. Okay, uh, well, we've already talked about Peddler's Pub. Not only is it uh, great pizza and beer and a cool environment, but you know these people really care about their community and the place they live. And they're not afraid to stand up and, and say it. You know, they're not worried about losing customers. You know, they're, they're, worry, uh, they're, they're building a, a clientele of people, I think. Uh, so thanks to Peddler's Pub. Also, I want to say thanks to Ozark Mountain Trading Company. These guys are awesome. If you ever need any kayak gear, canoes, uh, whatever you need for the river, Ozark Mountain Trading Company. They have a, a store in Garfield, and it's a great store. Uh, ask for BJ. He's the uh, uh, he's the canoe guru. <laughs> then what about uh, Gearhead? Gear, yeah, yeah. We, we should thank Gearhead. Absolutely. And Nancy and Jake over at Gearhead have been great supporters. You know, donating for our uh, raffles that we have and that kind of thing. Um, There's a lot of support. I mean, make no mistake. People, Rapala. businesses. Rapala, thank you. I, f- I almost forgot Rapala. We should thank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great, great, Hankel. great people. Hankel products. Hankel products. Gosh, we, the list Patagonia. We, we said Patagonia. <laughs> we're actually applying for another Patagonia grant this week. So yeah. we're hoping. Tartan. Tartan. Tartan sales. Yeah. Tartan sales. We, the list goes you. on is the point. What yes. about uh, oh, wait, Sugar Creek Kayaks? Sugar Creek Kayaks, uh, Sweet Melissa Nichols. If you need a shuttle on uh, uh, Big Sugar or the Elk River, call Sugar Creek Kayaks. What about, uh, we should also thank Ozark Spokes and Floats. Ozark Spokes and Floats. Great. uh, Shuttle service. Yeah, spokes and floats. Kayaks and canoeing. Right. Right. These are businesses that have been created from the recreation 
exactly. of, of the creek, of the, the business economy, of the rivers, of the you know the trails. It's it, it, yeah. There's, there's more. There's of that no. To come. There's no lake economy. With, there's no. With the nobody like goes. Elevators. Nobody recreates on a 20 acre shallow warm lake. Period. Nobody goes and spends their weekend. No business as uh, no guide lake business. Bella Vista. It doesn't happen. Happening through that. People want live, flowing, living, moving water, you know? And that's why you see so many people going to the buffalo, going to the elk, going to the big sugar, but not yet little sugar. Yeah. Well, listeners, go spend your money at those places. <laughs> uh, go s- attend these fundraisers if you can. Um, some people don't have deep pockets, but they have time on their hands. Is there a way that people can get involved in activism with what you guys do? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you know, we, um, we're going to have a, uh, spring cleanup float. We're going to put in up there. Uh, I'd like to, I like to put in up there off of Benton County 40. Um, Oh wait, there's another business we should thank. What's the, uh, uh, the potting shed, the potting shed. Yeah. They, they let us, uh, they give us access to the Creek through their property. (laughs) If you ask, uh, first, please. And, um, you know, we can put in that. We like go to the website put in there and we can go to the Facebook down. page. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook us for up. sure. Yeah. Say you're interested in help and how can you help? Exactly. There's a list of things to do. Lots of work to do. And it's just volunteers make easy work and that's, you know, and spread the word. And that's the most important thing that people can do for free is to make their voice heard. In a functional democracy, that is the most important thing you can do. So find That's out right. who your city council member is and make sure they know what your opinion is on this. One way or the other. I'm going to tell you. I encourage yeah. you. If you believe the dam belongs there, tell your city council member. They need to hear it, okay? Because I think it's going to be no, a revelation. Wait, 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 wait. What are you arguing against? The... <laughs> don't don't negotiate against your own democracy. team, Ron. Hey, are we going to have another Facebook argument right here in Peyton's <laughs> living room? Democracy for the win. Right. Hold up, man. <laughs> well, I think we should end on that. Uh, I, yeah. It's a good spot. Um, there are some ways that you guys can contribute if you want to contribute. Um, and important, I think, in a, in a small town feel like we are, um, let your council people know what's yeah, up. Talk yeah. to them. You have access to them in a... Speak up. Like you this. bet. Well, you know, and that's a Thank good, you guys listen, for bringing some light Can to I just it. say this, too? We're going to have to edit this, this is, out, this is, a, this is a big concern We've been trying because to land the a plane lot of people in We're just circling overhead. A lot of people don't want to speak up as uh, in opposition to a city decision. You know, I've had a lot of good friends say, you know, uh, I'll support you guys. I'll give you guys money. I'll help out. But I'm not going to, you know come out about it because i'm afraid that you know opposing the city is going to cause blowback so it, it, you know you, you, we have to if, we, if we're going to stop this dam if we're going to free this creek you know we have to be courageous we have to stand up All right well thank you guys for being on thank you we really appreciate thank you, you guys thank time. you guys appreciate that yeah it was fun boy it was good to sit down with those recovering hippies um i loved how they called themselves that that was the perfect yeah. title yeah um but honestly, they're just, they come from so many different backgrounds and they really care about this, com- this community. And that's what I really appreciate, whether it's um, independent of li- Friends of Little Sugar Creek, you know, you have uh, Peddler's Pub represented, you have 
um, the Down Syndrome chapter of Northwest Arkansas. It's people who like really care about this community and seeing it flourish. And this is just another um, extension of that. So that's what I really appreciated. It's not just activism for the sake of activism. It's I care and like um, I'm invested in this and not just for me, but for our whole community. Yeah. Well, even since we've had that conversation with them, there has been some development in terms of uh, what the political landscape looks like for uh, the development of the Little Sugar Creek, the Bella Vista Lake, the dam. Um, so we do have an update for you, kind of where that sits. Yeah. As of Monday, the... Yeah, last Monday, so the 17th. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, you heard a lot of talk about how um, the dam would be free, quote unquote, um, because FEMA was offering money um, to repair it. But the thing is, um, Bella Vista, their, their grant from FEMA is actually expired. So, well, it will expire as of um, mid-May. And they basically conceded and be like, we have been like, we can't actually propose anything and get anything passed in time um, to actually get that FEMA money. So that's actually off the table now. So now it's um, the city doesn't have a plan necessarily and doesn't have any free stuff coming in. So it is actually coming out of taxpayer ta taxpayers pockets, um, which it would have anyway in the future, but in a much larger proportion. Now. Yes. Now, um, now the best, well, I mean, as you figured out from the interview, now one of the best options is just letting Sugar Creek, Little Sugar Creek go. So we're really excited for them and the progress that they've had there. Um, so again, if you want to support them, um, friends of Little Sugar Creek, um, dot com. Um, also their Facebook page is there. Um, they are a 501c3. And so you can donate there um, and get it's t uh, your donations are tax deductible. That's what I'm trying to say. Good deal. And if you want to keep up with us, uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Hey, Hey, NWA. You can follow us on Instagram at Hey, Hey, NWA podcast. Um, we're on Patreon. If you want to support what we're doing and if you feel like investing in storytelling in your area, you can send us some cash. Um, at patreon.com forward slash hey hey nwa um so thank you guys so much for listening also i was gonna put a plug in for our next episode so our next oh, episode cool. is um with the ceo um, chief engagement officer of the bentonville film festival coming up and um, a fun fact about that uh we are I'm going to, well, I am going to be posting updates um, to that Bentonville Film Festival um, about every two days, I think. Still working on the logistics of that. Um, but you should hear updates um, from about the Bentonville Film Festival as it happens, um, typically on the nights uh, after a day at the film festival as I go there. So stay tuned there. Um, it, it's going to be the first in our series where we, um, go to an event and cover it. And that's going to be our Hey, Hey series. So it's Hey, Hey Bentonville film festival this time. And, um, in the future we'll have Hey, Hey events that we will cover. Yeah. You'll see some more of that coming down the pipeline in the summer. So anyway, thanks for listening. Have a great week. And that's the jam.